Good morning, Trinity family. It's a privilege to be able to open up God's word with you and to make much of who God is and what he is doing in our lives. And it is a privilege that we're able to have technology to be able to pull this off. As we um, know that we are living in an unprecedented time, our nation is in a national state of emergency. As our health and government uh, agencies and officials are working to slow the spread of COVID-19. Our communities have closed and suspended and postponed schools and large gatherings. Our hospitals, health facilities, nursing homes have radically altered their um, staff and visitor protocols. And all of these things are happening in relative short order, giving way to a sense of seriousness and even panic in some. And then furthermore, our knowledge and understanding of the COVID-19 virus and its impact and spread are changing and growing each day. Even each hour, we're learning more. And with that comes a growing concern for those who are higher risk. And we know them and we love them and we may even be them. I want to take a moment here before we dig into God's word to just share a quick announcement to share a little more about our decision to cancel church services and functions this week. As we have seen the spread of COVID-19 across the world and within our nation, uh, we have seen some countries uh, curb the spread with aggressive social distancing that have flattened the curve of confirmed cases. Now, that expression, flattening the curve, is an effort to minimize the sporadic and widespread widespread um, expansion of the virus and therefore lessen the strain on our healthcare systems. This gives our healthcare systems the chance to effectively treat the severe cases and the ongoing cases of the COVID-19 and thereby lessen the fatality rate. We felt it was our responsibility to join the community we live in in this effort to save lives of those who are at the greatest risk and to serve our healthcare workers who will tirelessly be working to care for sick people. I will be meeting with our elders again on Thursday, March 19th of this coming week to reassess our needs and what we might do next. And then we will update the church uh, on Friday, March 20th. So be on the lookout for that. If you haven't signed up to receive emails and updates, you can do so on the homepage at trinitynh.org. I want to thank um, the many people who have been praying and, and working hard uh, to, to care for our church. These decisions are hard. They happen in real time. And we make them with trust and hope in God and with the aim of being good, loving neighbors. And so our elders... Uh, and staff, especially with Sean Allen, um, have, have been praying and thinking and laboring uh, to lead well through this time. And again, things seem to change so rapidly that we are always trying to catch up with the information. But more than what we are learning is the reality of how much we still don't know. How widespread is it? How close Is it going to get what's going to happen to me or to my family 
or to loved ones. These things are enough to unnerve our hearts and shake our hope. So that what do we do? What do we do when our hearts are unnerved and our hope is shaken? Hopefully you have your Bibles and and can turn in your Bibles now to Proverbs 19. Last night as I sat in my office thinking, reading, praying, I wrestled with this question of the overwhelming treasure trove of anxious killing, hope-giving Um, goodness and truth of God's word, which piece of treasure needs to be our focus uh, this morning? Now, I could have actually continued on in Colossians. Our series is is moving through Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we're in chapter 3, and we're right at the part where we're dealing with husbands and wives and parents and children, and given that everything is shut down and we're all going to be crammed together in the house, it actually is quite a relevant passage. But that being said, I couldn't shake Proverbs 19.23. If you're surprised that I said Proverbs, well, last night I was surprised too. However, there is so much goodness and grace dug deep into these simple words. So let's look at verse 23 of Proverbs 19. Hear the word of the Lord. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Title of the message this morning is this. The fear of the Lord as means of unshakable hope. Let's say that again. The fear of the Lord as means of unshakable hope. We have seen the word fear become a cultural talking point. It has been an interesting two weeks in our society. And I know I wouldn't mind muting uh, a bunch of people and, and, and extremes of those who are panic buying away all our toilet paper and those who dismissively make light of the whole situation. I'm going to just hit the mute button on all of them. But I think most of us, however, fall somewhere in the middle. We are concerned. We aren't even exactly sure how concerned we should be. And we definitely don't want to see this spread in our community and especially to our loved ones who are at greater risk. And there might even be many of us here, well, online, who are thinking, how can the fear of the Lord be means of an unshakable hope right now? In light of Proverbs 19.23, I I want to give you three things that you can nurture your heart with so as to know the unshakable hope we can have when we have the fear of the Lord. We can nurture our heart with these things right now. And the first one is this. Focus your worship on the God who alone is worthy. I'm going to say that again. Focus your worship On the God alone, who alone is worthy. The phrase, the fear of the Lord, is a significantly important phrase in the book of Proverbs. It is like the interpretive key that unlocks the best way to go about understanding what the author of Proverbs is wanting to convey to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit. It it unlocks the book, if you will. 
It's the overriding principle in life. God is to be the center of our worship. He is to be the main thing of our hearts that shapes and directs and informs our lives. This sort of fear that we see in Proverbs is not the kind that we see discussed or mocked today in our society. It's not the fear that is rooted in being afraid or experiencing that anxious terror that we can sometimes feel. It's not that sort of fear. It's an entirely different kind of fear. It is the understanding and use of fear that's really more about reverence or having an immense or high level of respect for someone. It is the kind of fear that reveres and reorients one's life under someone greater than, than ourselves. It is this reordering your life under the greatness of the object of your worship. It's that sort of peace-giving, direction-giving fear and worship. And that's really the word for us is worship. Our hope for an unshakable hope is not found in circumstances around us changing or improving. No, it is when our hearts are settled on God as the only worthy object of our worship that we see in God a worthiness of our worship. When we see God alone as worthy of our worship, it brings perspective to how we look at and live out our lives. Whether those lives are filled with days of ease or days of crisis, seeing God alone as worthy of worship gives us perspectives for all of those days. Now, you may ask, how do I... How do we focus our worship on God who alone is worthy? The next two points that we see in Proverbs 19 verse 23 will give us some some direction on that. But I want to first say this. It starts here. It starts with this. We focus our worship on God through faith. Through faith. We foster our faith by setting our attention and our affections on the object of our faith, and that is God. And as we set more of our attention, more of our affections on God, on who he is, his character, his worth, his ways, his words, his works, well, that bolsters the weak and the wobbly and the wayward heart. How do we do that? Well, we, we do so through an honest and vulnerable engagement with God through word and prayer. Consider Psalm 9, verses 9 and 10. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Without a daily binding our hearts to the God of our worship, we will be tossed about by the overwhelming circumstances in and around our lives. Unshakable hope is found when our worship is focused on God who alone is worthy. 
And that focus is fueled through faith. Now, that gives us this orientation, this perspective to to face any and all kinds of days. When the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, the highest respect, I I give it to God and I order my life to him and under him and trust him. When we have that disposition and that perspective, then we can see the rest of what the author of Proverbs 19.23 has for us, and even in practical ways. So look here. The fear of the Lord, as the verse continues, leads to life. And furthermore, this focus on God as alone being worthy of worship causes our hearts then to experience real satisfaction. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it, the fear of the Lord, Rests satisfied. So here's our second, second tool to nurture our hearts with right now. To have an unshakable hope. Our first is a focus on God alone is worthy of our worship. And then secondly, we dig deeply into all that God has provided for us by his grace. We dig deeply into all that God has provided you by his grace. Consider what it is that God has provided for his people by his grace. The first thing the Proverbs author says to us is life. God has provided us life, life with him, life knowing him, being known by him. This is incredible. Through faith, we have life. Life that is now in this reverential, respect-giving, worship-focused nearness with God. And not under some sort of scattering terror of God. We, we're not afraid of God. No, he does this gracious work in our hearts so that we are drawn out. So that we can know him and worship him. What a remarkable kindness and grace. Life that we see here in Proverbs 19.23 means we are drawn out of the shadows of fear and death. And into the presence of God. Not obliterated by his holiness and his glory, but actually drawn in to know him and worship him. What grace. To be counted among his people. To be the recipients of his grace. And this life that flows from the fear of the Lord produces a heart that, is, that is rests satisfied. A heart that is resting and resting satisfied. Not restless And anxious are longing for more. No, rested and satisfied. Wow, what an incredible God. That he would want us to experience an abiding rest. And one that would be satisfied. Like that feeling you get when you eat a great meal. At the end, you're, you're content. You're full. You've delighted in the goodness of the food. By God's grace, he, he brings that into our lives when we are focused on him alone as worthy of our worship. God hasn't called you out of the darkness of fear and death in order for you to return and, and, and give to you the drudgery of dragging around a law you can't carry with strength you don't have. He doesn't call you to drudgery. He calls you to a life resting satisfied, to be lived out in worship of him. One that brings abiding satisfaction that dwell in your heart. The world is a buffet 
of restlessness. It cannot satisfy the human heart. In fact, it only has the ingredients for restlessness. There is far too much happening in and around our lives. We can't control any of it. But God is in control. And God is good. And God is worthy of worship. And God has great grace for you. And he brings to you life. And he brings to your heart a satisfaction that causes you to rest. God, by his grace, gives rest to restless hearts. What a kindness, what a goodness, what a grace of God. But how do we go about digging deeply into all that God has provided us by his grace? How do we do that? It's found in seeing how all of scripture is driving us to see the greatest display of God's grace. And that being found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. How do we experience the life that the Proverbs author is is wanting us to know? How do we experience the heart that's resting satisfied? It is ultimately, all of God's word is ultimately driving us to find that in Jesus. To find that in the gospel. That the gospel is the ultimate means for our hearts to have the fear of the Lord. That leads to life. To have hearts that are resting satisfied. Two verses I would encourage you with. 2 Corinthians 3.18 and 2 Corinthians 4.6. Showing us that this is all driving to Jesus. That there in Christ we have life. There in Christ we rest satisfied. First, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled face. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We unveiled face, not in terror, not in fear in that sense of God, but of reverence and worship. We're able to draw near to God because of Christ. And as we behold, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed. Our hearts are being radically transformed to reflect more and more of Christ. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, we have these remarkable words. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. As we dig deeply into the word, we see in ever expanding heart experience Loading ways, the promise and fulfillment of all that God would do for us in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ. And as we behold this deep grace in the pages of Scripture, it transforms and fortifies our hearts with an unshakable hope. Now, this continues, our incredible verse here in Proverbs continues. And so these two tools that we've already discussed to nurture our hearts with, to have an unshakable hope, focus on God as the only one worthy of worship, and dig deeply into all that God has provided you by his grace leads us to the third one, and that is cultivate your confidence in the secure grip of God's faithfulness. I know that's a mouthful, so I'm going to say it again. Cultivate your confidence in the Sure grip 
of God's grace. And his faithfulness. Just want to make sure. All right. Sorry. Fix that in post. There we go. <laughs> it did. But I wanted to make sure it was still recording. So, hey, here we are, right? If we had technical difficulties, if we were all gathered together, we'd still have to deal with them awkwardly. So, What's a Sunday morning without me doing something that would be awkward? Anyway, so the third point is this. Cultivate your confidence in the secure grip of God's faithfulness. The focused and dug deep heart is now equipped to cultivate confidence in the secure grip of God's faithfulness. He grips you securely because he is faithful. Look at the end of Proverbs 19.23. So the fear of the Lord leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. Look how Proverbs moves forward the outworking of the fear of the Lord in our hearts. The one who has focused worship of God not only has life and not only a heart that is resting satisfied, but it has confidence that it will not be visited harm. Now, with that, I want to say this. I don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. No idea. I don't know what's going to happen to any of us. I don't know what sort of physical challenges we might be facing and what um, mental or just emotional challenges some of us are already facing. don't know the difficulty of what life will be like in the next week, two weeks, month, the rest of this year. We don't know. That being said, God's grip on your life is stronger than anything you can ever experience. Stronger than viruses, stronger than fear, stronger than death. And nothing can pry open, nothing can pry open the grip of God's faithfulness. He alone is sovereign. He alone is strong. He alone is sure. And he will always be faithful to his promise. He will be faithful to his word. He will be faithful to his people. And this faithfulness is on full display in Jesus Christ. He overcame the curse of the law. He overcame the dread of the grave. He overcame the evil of the devil. And he he even overcame the hardness of our hearts. He endured it all to bring life in his name. No harm will fall you, you who are in Christ. You have a full, final, forever, unshakable hope. I want to close by reading words from an old catechism written a long time ago. Written to encourage thought, but really it was written to encourage devotion. It's the first question from the Heidelberg Catechism. I find it wonderfully relevant right now. Here's the question. What is your only comfort in life and in death? Take time to hear this answer. That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins 
with his precious blood. He has set me free from the tyranny of the devil. He also watches over me. He also watches over me in such a way that not a hair can fall from my head without the will of my father in heaven. In fact, all things must work together for my salvation because I belong to him. Christ by his Holy spirit assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. The fear of the Lord as means of unshakable hope in our days right now. Trinity family, I hope that you are encouraged by this word. I hope that you seek to encourage one another in the week ahead. Be on the lookout for our announcement on Friday and be praying as we seek to make wise decisions and be good neighbors. Let's close in prayer. And for those who are following along in their worship guide, you have a song to sing and a benediction to wrap up your day. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we can come before you even in this manner. And we pray that you would help us to rest happy in you with hearts satisfied with you as the object of our worship, that we would know deep down that you have us, that your grip around our lives is sure and full and final and forever. And all of that would give us in these overwhelming days an unshakable hope, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.